everyone, and welcome to another episode of Tea with Abby. Today is episode number 11 featuring um, a woman that I've had the privilege of uh, learning from um, already in my short time as an entrepreneur. So I'm so thrilled to take the conversation uh, beyond watching her at a panel and into the tea party today. Let's give it up and welcome Jess Gaffney. Hello. Thank you. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Um, shout out to Capital Factory for our tea, of yes. course. And welcome to the tea party. Thank you. I noticed um, you indulged me and brought a tea hat with you. I did. You requested it, and I immediately thought um, of this hat. It is my mother-in-law's wedding hat. <laughs> yeah. Or as my kids call her, booby. That's amazing. Yes. She wore it about 40 years ago. Wow. Yes. Um, it- it looks like it was worn about four years. Yes, ago. it does. I have. I don't think it's been worn since. So, well, um, thank you for bringing a tea hat. Yes. And, um, you know, this is the tea, the show where we talk about uh, what it's been like to start a company for the first time, uh, what my experience and my co-founder's experience has been like in this accelerator mm-hmm. program. We're here for the next year. And then uh, also that third kind of layer on this whole new space I'm in is what it's like to be a woman in this and navigate yes. the world. Um and, and yeah. So, All topics close to my heart. Yes. I'm so excited you're here. <laughs> I'm so happy to be here. Your current um, position, or is it, that, that sounds really like sure. no. formal. I'm um, what you're currently on, doing. So I join you. Yes, please do. Yes. Thanks. That looks great. Okay. <laughs> Tea. Tea. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that one class you yes. said from NYU is coming back right now for acting. <laughs> Okay, so I'm welcoming uh, Jess, who's currently a CEO and executive director at Women at Austin. Right. And can you tell us about sure what that is and what you do? Sure. So um, Women at Austin is an organization in town that advances women entrepreneurs that are striving to grow their companies. So we support women entrepreneurs. Um, we do that. We have four pillars knowledge, connections, capital, and a growth mindset that we focus on. And we have really wonderful programming that supports them on their journey through growing and scaling. Wow. Yeah. What is your uh, most favorite aspect of your day-to-day? Really working and meeting and engaging and helping women entrepreneurs. Um, I have a lot of heart for it. I'm a women entrepreneur myself. And, um, you know, I think that women have such potential to lead and grow large companies. And... Um, so it's really wonderful to, you know, help in that process. Are the women that you're working with uh, local to Austin? Yes. Yes. Cool. Our our hope is that we will um, really um, figure out exactly what we, you know, how we're helping women entrepreneurs to be and to be most effective mm-hmm. in Austin. And then we'll scale it beyond Sweet. Austin. Yeah. Um, how old is the organization. So the organization has been around for five years. It was started by a woman named Jan Ryan in town, a serial entrepreneur that Mm -hmm. was very involved actually with Capital Factory. Mm -hmm. Um, She's wonderful and um, really just saw a need for uh, support for women that were trying to grow companies. And so she kicked it off with a steering committee of 25 really successful women in Austin. They got together for five years. They put on incredible programming. Um, they did uh, monthly roundtable events, venture dinners where they addressed the lack of connections women have with mm-hmm. investors. Um, they did South by Southwest programming. 
And then about uh, a year ago, Jan moved on and is now at UT. She's leading the entrepreneurship school um, at the design school. Mm -hmm. And she really wanted it to continue to grow and live on. And that's when Women in Austin joined the Notley umbrella or the Notley family, I should Mm say. Um, And Notley is a social impact investment firm. And they invest in both for-profit and non-profit entities really to help scale impact. Mm-hmm. And so uh, Women at Austin is one of their nonprofit entities that they support. Wow. Um, it's been – I have I joined about five months ago, mm-hmm. and it's been an incredible journey. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Fun story about Jan Ryan, actually. Yeah. On the day we pitched to get into the accelerator, yeah. um, I, we were called up first because – B for blended. I'm <laughs> the s- curse I, of B. Uh, yeah. Right? I've, I'm used to it, though, because my name starts with an A, and now my last name starts with a B as well. But um, so we were first. I pitched. It went well. Um, the stakes were so high. I sweated so much. Oh, yeah. Lots I was of dehydrated. Yeah. I had a headache. <laughs> and after um, you have some feedback from, it's like a quick Rapid oh, that's fire nice. yeah. feedback from the investors and everyone in the audience. And the first person we sat down with was a gentleman um, who was a bit brash in his delivery of his feedback. Constructive feedback. Mm-hmm. It was valuable, but it was just it hit us so hard. Yeah. And fortunately, Jan was also sitting with us at the table. And uh, I just appreciated how she could tell we took that hit really heavy mm-hmm. and she found a way to give us equally as constructive feedback but just um, it was so so much more optimistic and mm-hmm. made us feel like we were going to walk out of there successful and we were coming out on top that day we didn't need to feel defeated for this one thing that got pointed out mm-hmm. and highlighted in the grand scheme of everything we've been working on um, and she she had just Oh, it's that's such a, a lovely presence. story. I know. I have to. If is it okay if I pass it on oh, to her? Please do. Yeah, Jan is is really wonderful in so many ways. And we recall that moment yeah. often. Oh wow, that's I, really beautiful. And I think that, you know, it, to me, walking into Capital Factory as a first time founder, mm-hmm. um, I I kind of respond really well to that sort of more empathetic, yes, uh, sensitive kind of touch and. Jan had that for me that yeah. day. <laughs> I think it's honestly a superpower that um, women have. Obviously, that's a generalization. Not every woman has it, but mm-hmm. um, but most women tend to be very empathetic, especially women founders. Yeah. They've been there. They know what it's like. Mm-hmm. Um, they know how it's. You know, you're you're working on growing your baby, and when someone insults it and gives really harsh feedback, that can be really hard to swallow. So yeah. I think women you know, really can sort of think of themselves in the other person's shoes and therefore have a lot more impact. Like you think a lot more about her than you do about the gentleman that didn't deliver it well. So that's great. That's awesome. Yeah, it's the first first value of our business, actually. Um, And I think because... It's empathy? Is empathy. Mm. I think because we're in the creative space and we're working with... uh, business owners who are putting like everything out on the line to bring their, you know, product or service to life. You're working with freelancers who are putting themselves uh, out there to follow their passions. Um, And then, you know, we're telling stories. And Mm -hmm. so, um, yeah, I think empathy is our superpower. I think that's really smart because I think also empathy means that you understand your customer. Right. 
And that's really the key to yeah. success in your business, yeah. in every business. Right, exactly. Yeah. And take the time and l- listen to the other exactly. person across the table. Exactly, what they need. Wow. Mm-hmm. Well, um, I do want to come back to some more uh, specific initiatives that women in Austin are working sure. on. But um, I'm kind of curious, you uh, as your, uh, a builder yourself mm-hmm. um, and an entrepreneur, I'm curious as to uh, what has What's your journey been like to take you to that five months ago when you accepted your role at Women at Austin? It's been an interesting journey. Yeah. Um, So I um, think I mentioned earlier, I'm from Mm -hmm. New York. Mm -hmm. Um, I went to college in D.C., but then I lived in Manhattan for about 14 years and um, before moving here about six years ago. Yeah. New York. Is, New York, New York. Yes, I ha- I started my career in fashion actually, mm. um, and I worked with my best friend on starting a collegiate clothing line, um, and that was my first sort of uh, toe dip into entrepreneurship. Besides cool. my babysitters club when and I was it, a yeah, teenager, <laughs> right. and it didn't turn you away. You know, it's interesting. I I now looking back, I learned so much from that experience. Um, because I think, um, you know, it it failed. Um, and one of the reasons it failed is because, um, you know, of the licensing agreements. Mm-hmm. And it just didn't make sense to grow a company and put money in when you really had no control over the licenses. And we saw that right away. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was such a shameful experience for me. And for a long time, I didn't want to talk about it. I didn't want to share about it. And it really um, prevented me from from going after other entrepreneurial pursuits for a while. Mm. Um, but then fast forward with my latest one, um, and that's not Women in Austin, but it's a company called Pro Mama. Yeah, I was going to yeah. ask you about that. Um, you know, I did a, an amazing accelerator program in Austin called Div Inc., which focuses oh, yes. on um, women and people of color. And, you know, I learned so much during that. But I think the the thing that I learned the most and now looking back realized is that, first of all, almost every successful entrepreneur has failures, right? Yeah. It's how you learn. It's a part of the journey. Um, but also that it was such a good opportunity for me to learn and figure out, like, what where to go next. And, you know, just to have that mindset shift has made all the difference. Mm. So, um yeah. Anyway, I'm, it's a simple mindset. It's, it's, yes, like that mindset just triggered a domino effect of like what the rest of one hundred percent was going to be like. Exactly. So anyway, going back, I have mm-hmm. um, eight years of for profit experience, and then I felt like my soul was dying and did a total one eighty and went to <laughs> the nonprofit sector. Mm-hmm. Um, specifically in sustainable food. I worked for an amazing grassroots organization in New York called Just Food, and I did all their uh, marketing and events. That's wonderful. Yeah. Are you still passionate about sustainable living? Yes. I'm really – one of the exciting things about moving here is that I could have my own garden. Right. Yeah. Um, Space. Space, exactly. So then I had – Yeah, so then I had my – I got pregnant with my second child, Mm -hmm. and when I had my first, I – really, um, I struggled and I realized how challenging it was for women to find high quality, flexible work and that the whole system, the way work is set up does not accommodate for 
mothers, really, yeah. or parents in general, right. not just mothers. Um, there's just so many issues with with having um, a child and where that takes you in your career. Mm-hmm. So when I had my uh, second, I decided to leave and and um, start Pro Mama and. Uh, essentially, it was to help women find high quality, flexible work and help companies address talent needs that they had. Right. So um, I worked on that for two years and that was an incredible learning experience. And um, were you a sole founder going through that? I, I, uh, no, I started. I had a co-founder. OK. Um, Ariel Roche was my co-founder. She's amazing. And um, we were in the same life stage. Mm-hmm. Honestly, it sounds cliche, but we. Um, I brought her the idea on the playground when our two kids were running around in different directions. And she was like, I'm in. Let's do it. Brilliant. She totally could relate. And so we really followed the lean startup model. We just like threw up a website and saw like, okay, is this going to stick? And it was like 100 women signed up. 400 women signed up, 600 women signed up, like literally without us doing anything. It was a newsletter that we started out with. Um, And we tried all different models and really never found like the the product market fit that I wanted. Um, And Ariel also got an amazing opportunity to join Facebook. So um, she moved into an advisory role Mm. um, right after we finished Div Inc. And um, so I was sole for a bit. I, I... um, tried working with another potential co-founder who was also wonderful and it just wasn't the right fit either. Right. Um, and that's kind of when I was sort of at this crossroads and that's when I had my first conversation about this role mm-hmm. at Women in Austin. And, you know, it was not something I was looking for, but it just, man, like I had the first meeting. I was like, that sounds amazing. And then like six meetings later, I'm like, I need to be honest with myself. Like I really want this role. And, um, I just love the community building factor and supporting women in this way. How did the role find you? It's funny. I was um, on a walk and talk with a, another woman entrepreneur. We would go, cool. we would walk around Lady Bird Lake and talk about company issues and scaling and Sweet. ask each other questions. And it was, she's so lovely too. And we don't even know each other that well. Um, and she had a breakfast with Dan Graham. Dan and Lisa are the founders of Notley um, that morning. And she said that he shared the role with her and she wasn't interested. She's building her own company. Mm-hmm. But she just thought of me immediately mm-hmm. and would I be willing to meet with him? And I had met Dan a couple times through Sustainable Food Center because he does a lot of nonprofit work. Um, but, you know, I was like, sure, why not? And yeah. yeah, we had a great first meeting and then it turned into a lot more. And I was like, you know what? This is my this is my journey right now. Um, and it was really cool, too, because someone said to me because um, I, I was feeling kind of down about, you know, I really had to scale back pro mama because I just could not of physically course. do both. You only have so, so much time. In yeah. The day, especially you're raising children. Also. Exactly. So, um, you know, making that decision was really hard, but. Um, absolutely the right one for me. And someone said to me the other day, which I just loved, was that maybe the whole point of building Pro Mama was to get you to this role. Like that's, you know, maybe that's was the the point of it. Right. Um, and I just really liked that a yeah. lot. So yeah, I'm really I'm I'm loving this new role. So cool. Yeah. Do you think that you'll ever get the itch and start a business? Absolutely. Again? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 
I think it's like it's in your blood or something. What did, what did your people the people around you yeah. who raised you? What what yeah. were they doing? I think about this often. So no one that um that was in my life um growing up was a sort of 9 to 5 worker. Mm-hmm. My mom um is an ele- well she's retired now, but she was an elementary school librarian for 38 years. Um so of course, you know, she had a consistent job, but you know, she was like off during the summers and you know she didn't have that corporate job Mm -hmm. and then my dad was an entrepreneur um and I grew up um very close to my aunt and uncle and my aunt was a Spanish teacher and my uncle was an entrepreneur so it just always seemed like I I just it never felt right being in like a corporate job right I remember I walked into Estee Lauder when this is during my for-profit years in New York City and 10 minutes in, I was like, this is not for me. Like, <laughs> wrong, not right. Every part of my body was like, um, and it was like a great job. And I got like double my salary. Yeah. And I was just like, it's just not for me. So. I worked one month in the sales department at New York Sports Club. Yeah. Um, it was between us moving here and um, me trying to figure out what the heck was going on. I was like two or three years after college. Yeah, I worked about three weeks. <laughs> Sounds about right. And that was as far as I made it. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think so. Yeah. I don't think I could do this. Yeah. Um, but because like you, yeah, I, uh, I've I've been finding in my conversations with people who take risks that they grew up in an environment where risk taking was mm-hmm. normalized and, yeah. and it was exciting and um, – you know, the challenges weren't ever determined. They were like the things you should be running after. Yeah, it was really interesting. And I, and I you know, I'm grateful to my parents, too, because um, unlike what we see out in the world with women versus men, you know, entrepreneurs, the perspective of, you know, that a man, let's say, could grow something really large and a woman might struggle doing that. Right. Um, that's not how I was grown up with. You know, yeah. I was sort of. Definitely given the confidence and, you know, anything I pursued was enthusiastically um, accepted. Mm-hmm. So I feel really grateful for that. Did you grow up in a home where you were reading a lot? If your mom was a I did. Library. Yes. That's great. Yes. She, her, um, my mom's license plate is book nut. <laughs> <laughs> That's sweet. Yes. Um, I, yes. We, ha- we actually have a, uh, strange similarities. Um, oh, yeah? My mother is a reading specialist. Okay, yeah. She's actively working. She went back to school when I was in sixth grade. Awesome. Um, and, yeah, I remember as a kid, she always had a gig. Mm. Um, she was an artist and um, stopped doing graphics when, you know, they started a family, but um, always taught me the value of providing for yourself Mm -hmm. and have your own bank account and your own savings and your own means because she saw what her mother had gone through, right? And so, yeah, she went and got side jobs and then she went back to school. She had the hustle. She had the hustle and she's um, a reading specialist a couple years away from retirement. Awesome. Mom, you're doing great. Hang in there. You're close. (laughs) Um, But reading was so so important um, growing up. Same. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, for me, too, and I try to sort of do this for my kids, too. It wasn't just like my mom telling me I needed to read and that was important. She sort of taught by doing. Right. So she just really loved it and enjoyed it and prioritized it. And that was great to see. Trickle down. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Well, um, 
I feel that you covered some some questions that I always like to ask <laughs> in that in that journey. Um, and, you know, kind of the questions about a hard lesson and what was your favorite moment. But, I, you know, you, you've gone through businesses that didn't work out and yeah. then it's led you to this unbelievable uh, opportunity mm-hmm. um, in an incredible time for women right now. So if you don't mind, are we sure. to transition to of like course. the present? Let's do it. Amazing. So um, – there's a lot. There's there's a lot that has transpired in about the past two ish years in um, the feminist movement, right? Um, and what stands out to you is where you're seeing like hope and inspiration right now. Yeah, I mean, the you know, I think I have to go back to women entrepreneurs, of course. Um, you know, I just see incredible, capable, intelligent women. Um, with a ton of potential that are super passionate about growing whatever company they're growing. And the numbers are there too, mm-hmm. you know, like in this about 1975, there were like 400,000 women owned companies and now there are 12 million. Like the growth is happening. Mm-hmm. Um, women of color have, are the fastest growing segment. I think they grew over 163% since 2017. That's so incredible. that to me is super inspiring. Um, the reality, unfortunately, there's still, we have a long way to go. I mean, total private sector revenue is less than 5%. Wow. Total private workforce is less than 10% women owned. So we have a long way to go. Um, to me also, one of the biggest stats that stands out that inspires me is that 88% of women owned companies make less than a hundred thousand a year. So what I ask myself is, you know, are those women making a choiceful decision about they want to keep a small business? And there's it, that's wonderful. There's mm-hmm. absolutely nothing wrong with that. Um, but the more important question is, are like what percentage of those women want to grow but have barriers sure. and they're not growing because of those barriers? What do you f- um, most common find are the barriers? Yeah, so we, um, so when I joined five months ago, we did focus groups with about 60 women entrepreneurs Mm -hmm. and we narrowed down the barriers into four buckets. And that's, those are now our pillars. Mm. Um, Knowledge. So we found that um, financial knowledge was probably the number one um, piece, but that wasn't the only piece. You know, it was um, marketing, sales, really across the board, just Mm. knowledge that, maybe they didn't have. Um, um, I think women are also just much more willing to admit when they don't have the knowledge, frankly. Um, then, so knowledge is one. Just ask. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Knowledge is one. Connections is two. Um, so that's connections with other women entrepreneurs Mm -hmm. or other entrepreneurs in general. Um, it's connections with investors, connections with um, professional service providers that they trust, like a lawyer, accountant, that kind of thing. Um, And then number three is capital. Of course, that was number one by far. Um, They need capital to grow their companies, and it's really hard to get. Um, And so we're trying to help in that piece. And then fourth um, is a growth mindset. And that one is super interesting to me. We actually started with three and then added growth mindset Mm -hmm. because it was basically like woven into every conversation we had, um, either directly or indirectly. And, you know, I really believe that 
like a big part of it is making sure that women ha- feel like own the potential that they have mm. because that holds them back. I remember when um, Ariel, Ariel and I were having a conversation very early on in, when we started Pro Mama about, okay, like what do we want to do with Pro Mama? You know, do we want to sell it? Do we want to build it and run it ourselves for mm-hmm. years? Like we should know what we both want so that we can make deci- smart decisions along the way based on that. So we both agreed we want we would want to sell it. Mm-hmm. Um, so we were like, okay, cool. And then Ariel turns to me and she's like, can you imagine if we sold it for $100,000? <laughs> and I was like, I was like, it was such like a moment for me because I was just like, Ariel, like you are one of the smartest people I know. You're so right. capable. Like you're so creative and yeah. talented. Like, why aren't you saying a hundred million? Why aren't you saying a billion? Like, well, like when we're dreaming, why not course. say a hundred billion? Yeah. Like at that point, that was like, that's to me, like epitomizes that growth mindset. Like you need to be able to think that big. And if you don't, it trickles into every conversation you're having mm-hmm. to every interaction you have, um, to every conversation you have with a potential investor. It, they sense that they need to believe in the founder, the co-founders. Um, so that's part of that is believing in yourself. And that's where the growth mindset comes. Right. In. And that's something that our male counterparts do naturally is, yes. is kind of carry themselves with that bigger bravioso. And, mm-hmm. they, and they, they, they talk the big talk. Yes. Um, but in uh, what are some things that a woman could do? Uh, not just a woman, but maybe, um, you know, someone who's doesn't see themselves in the boardroom very much. So women of color, um, Mm -hmm. just across the spectrum of kinds of business owners. What can, what are some of the things we can do to cultivate growth mindset? Yeah, it's a really good question. Um, What I've seen work really well for women is um, community. So getting involved in any sort of community where women can build each other up, um, I find that they really respond well to peer, to peers giving them confidence. Um, mm-hmm. I just saw this. We just finished our fundraising boot camp, which is a four-part series where we help women um, to learn all about fundraising, uh, raising capital. And um, it was amazing to see the... Um, camaraderie and support that women provide Mm. for each other. And, you know, just having a group of women say, wow, that pitch was amazing. I mean, it's like you could see the physical difference. Um, So I would say community is one. Two is practicing. Mm. Um, So listen, like fundraising, growing a company, all that stuff, it is really hard. Like for anyone. Right. Um, It's not easy. Like most businesses fail. Um, so I think also understanding that kind of thing like that, you know, I, I tell women often like go get 50 no's, you know, because yeah. then you can look at it like, OK, great. I got one. I got two. I got three. Verse. Oh, I got one. Right. Oh, I got two. Like, you know, it beats you down. And if you look at it like, yeah, that's that's the expectation because men get no, the no's too. Right. Um, but I don't think. It's clear, you know, especially if you're a first-time entrepreneur for anyone, really. Sure. Um, so I think, you know, understanding that 
um, this is really hard and that you're going to get really tough feedback and you're going to have really hard meetings sometimes um, and you're going to get no's and you're going to get maybes that turn into no's mm-hmm. that are really hard too because you thought they were maybes were turning right. into yeses. So knowing that, I would say um, three, like preparation practice, what I was saying before, um, I've, I see that women seem to gain a lot of confidence if they have um, actually practiced mm-hmm. and um, go through the motions. So, you know, that can be done with anyone. Right. Um, right. And, you know, it takes a long time to figure out how to talk about your company, even if you really believe in it. It does. Yeah. It's so hard. Yeah. That and answering questions pitch is like the hardest thing it's ever to figure out. super hard. So practice, practice, practice. Um, and I find that women are just often more prepared in general. Mm-hmm. So um, and just much more buttoned up and right. um, eager to learn all aspects of the business. Right. So I think um if they have those sort of tools in their tool belt, they feel a lot stronger. Yeah. There, um, there's this actress I admire, um, Bryce Dallas Howard, mm-hmm. and she talks about how when she set out um, on her career, she started counting how many no's it took for her to get a yes. Yeah. And so that way she knew, okay, I have to get 40 no's to get one yes. Exactly. And then that 40 no's turned into I have to get 30 no's to get one yes, mm-hmm. and then 20 no's to get one yes, and then 10. And then now I'm in a position where I can pick and choose where I want to work. Yes. Um, and so those no's are just so important. Super important. And not nothing to be afraid of and and I lean into that here because I know I, on a weekly basis I'm auditioning and getting those oh, yeah. constantly. I think being an actress is actually wonderful experience for running a company. It feels You can face good. rejection much yeah. easier. It's just a much you have like you're wearing your armor yep. all the time. Yep. And if you don't have armor and you start out and you you know it's just chipped at chipped away at like it's yeah. it can get really defeating um and you need to come across as confident right. and capable because that's honestly mostly how investors yeah. make a lot of so their that's, decisions that's women in austin you. in a nutshell right going to learn how to like put on your armor and prepare exactly for battle. yeah you know that growth mindset is woven in between you know all of the um, knowledge and information that you really need to back it up. I mean, mm. you need to have the numbers. You need to have right. the traction. Right. Um, so, um, but the growth mindset needs to be there too. Yeah. Um, are there any initiatives um, coming up for 2020 here in Austin you'd like to share with us? Yeah, so many. So we have four main programs. We have our roundtables, um, and those are <clears> – <throat> either lunchtime or early evening two-hour events where we um, usually have a featured speaker, mm-hmm. woman founder, or someone, you know, a subject matter expert that talks about a certain topic. We have Q&A, and then we break out into roundtable discussions to have more intimate conversations. We also have our venture dinners where we, um, I think I mentioned earlier, address the lack of connections and relationships that women have with investors. Most investors um, know the founders for an average of 12 to 18 months before they make an investment decision. So you really need to get started early in creating those relationships before you actually need the capital. (laughs) Um, And then we have our office hours with purpose, which essentially addresses the need for women to have mentorship moments. So what we heard a lot was, I really need help with this specifically, or I need help with this. Um, so we, we pre-match women founders with mentors, um, so that they can come and 
come together and specifically work on a problem that they have. Mm. Um, it's essentially helping them address the needs they have and allowing for mentors. We have an amazing advisory council of 45 incredible people that come in and act as our mentors. Um, and it allows them to scale and help as many women entrepreneurs as they can. Wow. And then we have um, our fundraising boot camp, which I'm really psyched about. We just um, ended our first one and it was really successful. We had 20 women entrepreneurs um, join us for four evenings. It sold wow. out in less than a week. Congratulations! Yeah. Um, and it ended in a little mini elevator pitch night, mm-hmm. VIP reception. Um, and we, um, yeah, you know, it's, it, and that, it's been awesome seeing they're going to continue to meet the 20 of them um, and provide feedback for each other and pitch practice. And it's just like, warms my heart. Yeah. I, th- what, I think what excites me most is how action-based yes. um, everything is. And, and um, it's not just calling out what needs to change, but oh, yeah. providing we, yes. real steps to, to make some Thank some you for waves. saying that. Absolutely true. Yes. It, that's everything right now. We are now. solution-oriented. Yeah, solution-oriented. Yes. yes. Exactly. Oh, it's been so wonderful chatting with you, Jess. Same. This thank has you. been lovely. Thank you for having some tea. Yes. Um, uh, can you tell viewers out there what's the best way to stay connected yeah. with women at Austin? Yes. So um, our website is womenataustin.com. You can go visit there, sign up for our newsletter. Mm -hmm. That's a wonderful way to keep in touch with us. Um, You can also um, follow us on social media, Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebook, and Twitter. And get involved. Come to an event. um, Come chat with us. Really, um, we are, you know, really excited about connecting with the community and helping in any way that we can. That's amazing. Yes. We have to do one more thing. Let's do it. The statement slip. Yes. Did you bring something? So one of my favorite um, quotes or statements, I actually have no idea who said it, but I just love it, is the universe cooperates with a made-up mind. The universe cooperates Cooperates with with a a made-up mind. So for me, the way I interpret it is that it's really about you and that you have the power once you make up your mind for what you want to achieve, the universe will fall into place. It's very, again, action-oriented, I guess. Yes. I love it. The universe cooperates with a made-up mind. All yes. right, let's um, – I'm going to look at that camera. You're going to look at okay. that camera. Are we going to say we're it at the same time? We're going to say it at the same time. Okay. <laughs> okay Are we going to – Well, cheers first. Cheers. cheers. And our statement sip is, the, the universe, universe cooperates with a made-up mind. mind. And that's the tea. This was episode 11. Thank you so much for uh, tuning in and listening or watching. Uh, you can follow it, follow and subscribe on YouTube. We'll be uh, releasing episodes on Instagram TV. So be sure to stay tuned in. Thanks so much for watching Tea with Abby. Be sure to click subscribe and smack that like button so you can stay tuned. <laughs> smack that like button. See that like button? Smack it. Thanks so much for watching an episode of Tea with Abby. Be sure to click subscribe and smack that like button so you can stay tuned with new episodes all year long. And if you want to learn more about Blended Sense, visit us at our website, www.blendedsense.com, or follow us on social at Blended Sense or at blendedsense.io. See you next week.